So we're finishing up the uh, the twelfth parak of Chavis Talmidim. Mamish towards Mamish towards the end. We're talking about the Indian of Torah. We're talking about different eights. Last week we spoke about the the fact that a person needs to come when he comes into any any sugya in any in any aspect of limud. A person needs to understand that nothing's too difficult and nothing's too hard. If a person comes in and says something's very something, I'm saying nothing's too easy and nothing's too hard. If a person comes into a limud and a person says it's very easy, it's something which I can do bakal, then Mamela automatically a person is not going to put in the proper the proper kavanas into the limud. It'll go through in a very shitchistic way, very external, without putting in the proper thing. It's easy. It's a gadata, it's kishmak, it's something I've done before. The person won't put in the proper work. And on the contrary, also, obviously, if a person comes into a limud and says it's too difficult, it's too hard, so then automatically you're going to come in and you're also not going to be able to do it properly because right away you tell yourself that you're not capable. And like, like the Pietzessa told us last week, every yid is capable of learning every aspect of Torah. Maybe certain things that are, you know, mashaliba chafet, but every person's capable of doing it. And therefore, a person has to know that nothing's too easy and nothing's too hard when it comes to learning. The second Asa that he gave us last week also, when it comes to trying to make sure that our learning is actually something which is alive, is making sure that we're able to picture in our head that the person that we're learning from is Mamash sta- standing opposite opposite us. Right? The same Chazal already say this, that the, that the, the lips of the, of the Tanam and the Maram and anyone, any, any Mechaber of a Sefer, his lips are moving in the Kever. So he said that if a person can stop and imagine that before they learn a Sefer, you open up a Gemara, you open up a, you open up a Chumash, you imagine, imagine the Rabbanishim himself, you imagine a Maimed Arsinai, person opens up a Imagine the Pietzessna, if you have a dmus of what he looks like, right? which there are pictures of him, a picture of him hanging in my house. You can, you can stop and you can imagine what he looks like and you can imagine that he's standing opposite you. Again, when, 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 a, when a tzaddik wrote a sefer, he wasn't writing it just for the people in his generation. He understood that this is the way he can give over his, cap- his, give over his Torah for the future generations. If you could just stop and imagine that when you're learning the sefer, this tzaddik is standing opposite you, or the Tanam and Amram are standing opposite you, imagine of Huna, Ravina, Ravashi, they're standing opposite you, learning with you automatically that invigorates your Torah, Automatically, that allows your Torah to have that much more of a kiyim and that much more of a, you have a eskashas to the Torah, mamela, through that eskashas to the Torah, right? Today's the, today, Tess El is the outside of Reb Tzadik HaKayim. So Reb Tzadik, was, Reb Tzadik wasn't Zeich to have any children. He was never married three times without any children. The, it, one, of his, one of the names of his many, many swarm is Sitka Satzadik, because and he, over there in the Agamah, he's Mazba, that Sitka Satzadik, the, the, the fruits of the Tzadik are the swarm that he writes. So here you have, I, I remember I told my, I told my Rav in Eretz Yisrael, that I was giving shirim on, on different inyanim from Reb Tzadik, Shabbos afternoon. So he was so nishtaymim. He said, just imagine for a second. He said, there was a yid in Reb Tzadik came from Lublin. He was only a rebbe for the last few years of his life. Most of his life, he wasn't a rebbe. He was a chassid. He became a chassid of the Then Reb Lebel was the rebbe, and he was mevatel himself to Reb Lebel The last, I think, it was maybe eight years of his life. And Reb Lebel was nifter. That's when he became a little bit of a rebbe. But the rest, of, after his rebbe, the Meshulach was nifter, up until he became rebbe, he used to sit. They were called, it's called the years of silence. He just sat and wrote and wrote and wrote. It's tremendous, way more than we have written from him. He actually wrote, a lot of it got lost in the war. He didn't have any children. There was nobody that printed them. A lot of it got lost. He said, just think for a second. He said, here you have a tzaddik who was nifter in the early 1900s, who sat in an attic somewhere in Poland, somewhere in Lublin. I was just writing, he was writing, Contrace was writing, he was writing his own notebooks. They weren't written to be published. Eventually, some of them were published. He said, who would have ever thought that 120 years later, to be Yidin sitting somewhere in Tom's River, never heard of Reb Tzaddik maybe before, they're sitting and coming together for a sheer Shabbos afternoon to hear the Torah of Reb Tzaddik? So when, you, when you're able to picture it like that and think about the Kesha that you have to somebody that lived 100 years ago, 120 years ago, 200, 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, so it makes it much more realistic. Who is Moshe Rabbeinu talking to? Not just the people in this generation. Be able to visualize and, re- and be able to think about the fact that you have that to be able to say, I am sitting opposite the person that I am learning with 
the safer that I'm learning with automatically that makes the learning that much more real and that much more okay. He talks about the PSS, it talks about not in this safer, in the next safer. This safer is Chavis Talmidim, the next safer after that is called Achsharis Avrechem. Over there he talks a lot, he talks about Benemach Shavatayva also, which is a safer written for Chaburas, had little mini Chaburas that he created, and it's a very interesting safer. It's a very, very thin safer, maybe about under 100 pages long, where he gives, he, he made little mini Chaburas of, of Oivdi Hashem that were meant and there's certain rules what they needed to do in order to come to the Chabur and to be part of the Chabur how often they needed to meet it's all there Mamash and the Sefer that's called B'nei Machshavatayva anyways in those two Sfarim both Achshar Savarech and B'nei he talks a lot about the Kaycha Dimyan that a person is able to utilize the Kaycha Dimyan in a proper way the Kaycha Dimyan is very very strong Kaycha Dimyan is the strongest Kaycha of the Yetzirah Yetzirah uses the Kaycha Dimyan to make us think that every Taiva is going to give us the ultimate Hana that we're looking for and ultimately it doesn't give us anything the, the, the Yetzirah utilizes Kaycha Dimyan in a tremendous way but the Swarmer the Yetzirah talks about a length that if a person uses the Kaycha Dimyan properly be the greatest tool in Abayi Hashem Nachman talks about this also Kaycha calls it Kaycha Madama when a person is able to use the Kaycha Dimyan and utilize it properly it's the greatest Kaycha in Abayi Hashem so a person thinks Mamash for, for 30, 60, 30 to 60 seconds, when you sit down with the Sefer, sit down with Igris Chazan Ish, just think about the fact that the Chazan Ish wasn't just writing letters and they were just meant to be just for his time. He was writing letters, Baharai, you're, reading, you're learning them, and they're meant for you. And if you sit down and, and able to think that, Mamash for like 30 to 60 seconds before you learn a Sefer, will change the Sefer completely. Learn a Chavisal and think about who, who wrote the Chavisal and what, what Shaykhis do you have to him that you're sitting and learning his Torah, automatically that will change it. That was the second Eitzah that he gave last week. So I'll just give two more very short Eitzahs and then Amr Tzachem will finish. That'll be the end of Perak, the 12th Perak, and then the 13th Perak is Mamash, the last Perak in the Sefer, which is just more of a general, a general Indian in, in Avaidah Hashem. He says, In Margish Ata, if a person feels tired while he's in the middle of learning, maybe because you learned two, three hours, maybe you stayed up late the night before, and because the person feels tired and wiped out, so the person is not learning with the ultimate kayak that he has. So many of us probably would say, okay, what's the Eitzah? The Eitzah is push yourself weiter. You feel tired, you feel, you know, you feel schwach, you feel weak, you stayed up late the night, the night before, you went to a chasana, push yourself a little bit weiter, put in a little bit more kayaches. Pesach says, it's not the Eitzah. Toiv Yeser would be much better, it's better to stop, but the stop, take a 15 minute break. Go take a walk outside, go to the coffee room for 15, 20 minutes. Why do you have to fool yourself? So what you're doing is you're working at 20% capacity, 25% capacity. You're sitting in front of a Gemara and you tell yourself, at least I stayed in the basement just the whole day. It's not good to do that. Go outside of the basement, take a 50 minute break, go get a coffee, go take a walk outside of the parking lot, get your, refresh yourself. And then when you come back, you'll be able to learn properly. It says, It's better to have 15 minutes of bituloi and then or a half hour, and then you'll say, Okay, I took my break, I had my 15 minute break. Let me now be myself, then you'll be able to get back up with this chaskas and say, Okay, I'm able to do it properly. And again, this is a cloud which is not only going to learning, but in general, when a person's doing something, a person has to really be able to view himself and look at himself honestly and say, Is what I'm doing, am I giving it my full? Or am I not giving it my full? Again, you could, this is back to the point that he said last week. You can go through something and you can go through it and you can go through it in a very shitty stick away. It's easy and, and you may have gotten it. But a person a person's honest with himself and a person says, I haven't really gotten to the depth of what it is, so then a person's missing out on the on the ultimate avoidam. Right? We spoke out from this Vasemis last week. So Samus says that MS is not just a Taitsa. Right? We think that MS means okay, that the the result is is MS. 
So Hashem says that real emes is aleph mem tough. It's, it's beginning, middle, and end. It's that a person knows that he put his full kaychas into it, that, that the way he got to the results, the way he got to the teitzah is also emes. Only when a person does that is that real emes. So a person is learning. And he can say, okay, but I'm, lear- I'm learning. I'm in the base majors. I'm doing what I'm doing. Zakhtar says it's more kedai. Instead of fooling yourself and telling yourself that I learned for three hours, take a 15-minute break and rather learn for two and a half hours quality rather than three hours, which none of them have quality. I'm like, as I'll say, you might stop, take a break, take a, t- t- take a rest. And the middle, when you come back, you're able to learn. And again, this goes with Ben Estarm, it goes with Ben Ismanim, it goes with any break that a person takes is a healthy break. When a person understands that the purpose of taking the break is to then be able to walk back in, re-energize with a kayak to be able to learn properly. And then he says, the last thing he says, also, when a person is learning, a person should try to figure out how to make some sort of shinoi in his guf. Which means don't learn in the, place, in the same place that you eat breakfast and in the same place that you read magazines and in the same place that you play games. Try to figure out how you can change the makam that you're in from where you chill, from where you hang out, from where you schmooze. Don't learn, in the, don't learn in the same place that you, you know, where you do everything else. Person could, if it's possible, not to learn in a person's house. To be able to go to a shul, and obviously it's important, you know, especially for those that are married, it's important to learn at home, and it's important to, be, to show your wife and children the Indian of Limud. But in general, if a person's sitting by his dining room table constantly, it's very difficult to learn, first of all, because there's many distractions that are around, right? There's many people that are around, the kids are running in, and the wife's running in. But also just, if that's not the place, if that's the place that you do everything else, the place you eat breakfast, it's the place you sit and take care of your bills, the place you take care of everything else. So it's good to just be Mishana Yermachim, to move to a different place and say, okay, I, I now left my dining room, I now left my living room, and now I'm going into, and now I'm going to the base medrash. Let's say you don't have the shul to be able to go to. Or you know that if you go to shul, it's gonna be much more of a distraction if I go to shul than if I was able to learn at home. So at least have a study, at least have a separate place a person is able to go to that place and say, okay, this is, this is my area, this is where I'm able to sit and work and I'm able to learn properly, and I know that I'm able to put in the proper avoid. But if, if it's just at the same desk that you're working and the same desk you're learning at, that itself is already, it takes away from a person's ability to be able to, and again, just, you're saying a practical etzah, is that even saying something which is, which is, you know, a practical etzah, if you mishana yamakam, if you move to a different place, you're able to, okay, now you get into the proper mindset. Now I'm going to daven. So the same you have a kviyas makam for, for tefillah, you have a kviyas makam for tefillah. I'm now moving to a specific place, and my purpose of coming to this place is to learn. As well as if it's okay, now I finish my work, I close my work, and I open up a safe, it makes it much more difficult and much harder to be able to really put your mind to it when it's just a hemshech of everything that was taking place before. If you can stop, move to a new place, whether it's moving to a study, or moving to somewhere, or at least he says, at least on a makam uh, even if it's not a study, but at least a corner in your house where that's your corner, that's where your shtender is, that's where you learn, that's where you're able to do things, that itself will make it much easier. He says, aside from the fact that by having a place where a person learns, by having a place which is besugal for learning, the place itself comes is more miskadish, which is one of the reasons uh, you know, that the Rishenim bring down for kviyas makam as well. As if machlekes Rishenim exactly what the purpose in kviyas makam is that it's less distract, distractions because you already comfortable with the place. But I remember one of the Rishenim brings down that the Indian is is that there's there's a kedusha which is made in that makam because you daven there every single day. So he says in Torah it works obviously the same way that the makam that a person learns will have kedusha. Forget about the kedusha. Forget about the ruchnius aspect. The fact that you make a shinoi and the fact that you go to a new place, 
You just you cut off all those psilas, all those strings that are attaching you to everything else. You stop, make a hard stop, and now I'm going to learn. Now I'm going to do something else. Now I'm moving from place A to place B, and the reason why I'm going to that place is specifically for the purpose of learning. I'm able to get my nefesh, my machshava, my guf, away from everything I was involved in. Okay, enough. Now that's it. Now I'm stopping that avoida. I'm able to differentiate between what I was doing and what I'm going to do now. By having this place where a person sits and learns, a person's involved in that, that makes it that much easier for a person to then be able to put his full kaiches into Torah. So that's the end of parak 12, the 12th parak, and Hashem will begin next week with the 13th parak. But these are just the, you know, some of the basic eights he gives, and this is really what the whole parak was talking about, a chesidus v'skashis v'terah al-yadah, what a person understands, which is really the way he began the parak, when he understands what Torah is, the Torah is a lakus, and he understands what the purpose of learning is, and he understands these basic eights and how to be able to learn Torah properly, and a person is able to be makasha to Torah in a real way, and through that, like we said at the beginning of the parak, that's the ultimate way that a person can be makasher to the Rabbanu Shalom. Okay.